Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London and I like to sit down every week and talk about stories. I like to sit with somebody who's maybe from the worlds of movies, video games, comic books, TV, uh, whatever, radio. I'll talk to anybody about storytelling and this one's a special. So we're going to be talking specifically about Ant-Man and the Wasp, which came out this past weekend. I hope you've seen it because if you haven't, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. I've seen it twice. Um, and um, we're going to talk about it. So Ian Kerner is here, and he and I are going to spoil the movie. So again, this is your last chance to bail if you have not seen the movie. It's a Marvel one, so I'm guessing you saw it opening weekend. You probably should have if you're listening to a podcast called Geekscape. And you may be going to Comic-Con, which is where I'm going to tell you to come visit Geekscape booth next week. Uh, that's booth number 3919. Ian Kerner might be there. He might be able to sign everything that you have and bring him. He'll sign autographs for you. Um, but really, come visit us at Comic-Con Geekscape booth number 3919. We're going to have brand new shirts. We're going to be having a lot of fun. And the big thing that we're doing this year is a scavenger hunt. Geekscape is partnering with Weed Darlings. And we are going to put together a scavenger hunt uh, for a prize package or prize packages based on a point total where you're gonna, we're going to send you running all over downtown San Diego and around Comic-Con, taking photos and posting them on your Instagrams and sharing them with your friends to accrue points that will go towards winning the ultimate prize. Um, all of that is in the service of a crowdfunding campaign we are throwing together with Seed and Spark and Fonco Studios for a brand new short film based on Suck and LeVar, the uh, short series that, um, no, it's not a short series, it's a web series that you guys can see on YouTube right now. There's two seasons of it up. Uh, it stars Geekscape friend Heidi Cox, and it stars a lot of Geekscape friends, actually, now that you think about it. We've had people like David Blue and stuff on the show. Um, and so if you're Geekscape and you haven't watched Suck and LeVar, I don't, I don't know how to help you. Uh, that being said, we're making a short film we're launching it next week, uh, uh, a Seed and Spark crowdfund campaign to pay for the short film, and we're doing a scavenger hunt to hype up the Seed and Spark campaign. So there's several layers, all right? That's like the quantum realm. Like, you have to go several layers deep to get to uh, the fact that we're just making a short film. <laughs> I see what you did there. You actually made it relevant to the conversation. conversation. Yes, right. I had to plug that for sure because... Uh, that's next week, and there's a lot of plate spinnings spinning in the in the Geekscape right now, and I'm freaking losing my mind. But I had to make point to comment on that. All right, let's talk Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, when we first start up here, um, we get a flashback, just like the first Ant Man. We get a flashback to the earlier days of Hank Pym, mm -hmm. and we get to see Hope Van Dyne as a child, and we get to see Janet Van Dyne, and um, <laughs> they're saying goodbye to their daughter and they're off on a secret mission for S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. and it is a mission that we saw previewed in Ant-Man in which Janet uh, goes in sub, 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 subatomic in order to get into the quantum realm to defuse a missile and she is lost in the, in the quantum realm and for some reason <laughs> Hank has this idea in this little preview before the titles of thinking, I believe your mom might be alive because in Ant-Man 1, we know that Scott went into the quantum realm and he came back successfully by putting an enlarging disc on his suit 
And he in the Ant Man one, he survived coming out of the quantum and realm. There, and there, maybe there was just him. this assumption made from the first yeah. movie that she must have died because no one could survive that. Yeah. But since Scott went in, okay, so therefore she may be alive. And and let's really get into this. I, I want to start off saying that you know, generally speaking, John and I have this rule: we don't discuss the movies before we review them. And yeah. this movie, we actually went back to. An old tradition, we actually saw it together and still didn't really discuss it. But uh, I'm really surprised to hear that you've actually seen it twice already. I saw it twice. So you must have really liked it. I like this movie. Okay. I like this movie I, I like a lot. this movie a lot. I mean, you know, I suspect I'm going to say some things. You may be like, are you sure you like it? Because there are some things that just don't make any sense. And I think I'm with you on that. You know, I think and, there's and, some and, stuff and, that and, I have. And I'm saying this because right, right here, right now, I mean... It's such a. It's been thirty years. Yes. What did she eat? Her. She ate the. Uh, what are they called? The tetrahedrons. What are they called? The little. The, yeah, the, I, the water bears. Yeah. No, I, she ate. She ate quantum energy. Apparently, clearly, apparently so. quantum energy you know, can sustain you. You know, I want to say that you know, even back with the last movie, you know, the idea that the wasp Janet Van Dyne had shrunk down and gotten lost there, well, this is something in the comics with the microverse. Mm-hmm. which was something that they had long established. And, and the reality is, in the comics, the microverse is really like, oh, you shrink down really, really small, and next thing you know, you may as well be here because it's just a whole world and a whole universe, actually. And recently, uh, Janet... Just a different universe. And recently, Janet was in the microverse. Right, and She that's became what I'm like a, a Mad Max warrior woman in there. Right, and exactly. she was just in Central exactly. Park the entire time. Exactly. You know, so that was, that was taken out of recent comic book yeah, history. Yeah, fairly recent. Um, but when we catch up to Scott, Scott is on house arrest for the last two years. So Scott, they, because they, they, of the events of Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. Right, right, and, that continuity. And we love him, and we think he's hilarious, but he's trying to build this company, a security company with his buddies from the last movie, but he is under house arrest only for three more days, which is a major and, part of the plot points in this movie. And that's the thing about this movie, you know, and the same was true with the first one, but... You know, the movie, it's a good plot, it's fun, all that, a little bit of a sort of heisty kind of thing. But the reality, what makes this movie and the first one so good is that it's just so much fun. The dialogue, the interplay between the characters is just really entertaining. Yeah. It's very funny. You have a good, heartfelt, you know, strong family values going on, you know, in terms of the relationships. Scott's all about you getting back to his daughter or doing well by his daughter, all that. You know, from the first movie, you know, the arc there was about um, Hank and Hope, you know, reconciling. And now it's about, you know, finishing putting their family back together and and getting Janet back. You know, Um, yeah, it's uh, the movie is very entertaining. And Scott also being a part of that family, he feels a lot of guilt over stealing the suit and going to Germany to help Captain America and then putting them in hot water because... They're only wanted criminals well, was, because well, the suit. Well, by the was way, used. so so what do you think about that? Because I didn't really think there's any sense of that in Civil War. You're right? That he had stolen the suit. It's not even discussed. He's no. Ant Man. He goes. He yeah. does it. You know. Yeah. And you know. And and, and then he gets and, caught. I mean, listen. It worked. It was, it's a good plot point. But you know, I going to that movie never occurred to me that you know that they would be that Hank would be you know considered a fugitive by the government because. Scott took his tech. It's not like he helped him. He didn't actually help him. Right. Well, maybe Tony didn't put in exactly a good word for him, considering they were using that tech to fight him. Yeah. They were using I, that, they, he was using that tech in the pursuit well, of a criminal well, well, activity. Well, well, what I want to say about that is my feeling is that, you know, the way things are left, you know, obviously Shield... He's an accomplice, is so, how it's so, said. So, so Shield, Shield and the government had known about the tech before, and 
Hank doesn't want to share it. It actually is very reminiscent of the whole notion of Tony not wanting to share with the government and give his tech to the government, you know? So I think that ultimately it becomes sort of an excuse, you know, by the government going after Hank. If they catch him, they can then acquire the tech. Sure. You know, so it's a little bit of dirty pool, if you will, in that regard. Yeah. But, uh, so I, 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 do, I do think that follows, but I just thought it, it bared mentioning and discussing a little bit. Yeah, I um, did not entirely have a problem with them throwing Hank and Janet into, or Hank and Hope into, like, Scott's lot. You know, because, especially because that rift between Hank, Hope, and Scott is such a major part of the beginnings of mm-hmm. this movie. And the entirety of this movie really is mm-hmm. about... Scott trying to make good for somebody that he looks up to and someone that he loves and you want to see him do the right thing by everyone and he wants to do the right thing by everyone but he is a bit of a screw up Mm -hmm. and he doesn't always come forward with the truth as we learn later when he had claimed to have destroyed that suit that he took to Germany but of course he didn't and again it goes back to how funny and clean these scripts are that he had hidden that suit in the award that his daughter gave him. Right. And he uh, said it's so important. And he, and no, and we don't take on, it to school. He said we don't take the, the little, the best grandma of the year award, like, to school. And you think that it's just a sweet moment. You find mm-hmm. out later. It's actually a pretty important plot point. Yeah. And that that's where he'd hidden the suit. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and, and there were five or six writers on this movie, Paul Rudd being one of them. But I think that uh, the cleanliness of the script and the way that a lot of the stuff called back to earlier parts of the script uh, lends itself to the satisfaction in this movie. You know, with something like Infinity War feeling so huge and obviously the ending is a bit dour but also has a much larger scope than this movie, um, that movie just has a forward propulsion that this movie needs a little bit more symmetry for. And the script is really a lot of fun. Um, and obviously you have like Michael Pena. Michael uh, Pena Luis is, doing is a great job. so great. And, so funny. And of course like T.I. and David Demacian mm-hmm. doing things like the Baba Yaga. Oh, that was so funny. In the setups and payoffs, it yeah. was fine being a joke on its own, but then when Ghost shows up in the sudden interrogation scene and had been there the whole time and he yells Baba Yaga, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You know, so you do have these serious scenes where... Um, you know the bad guys want the tech and they want to know where Hank and Hope and Scott are uh, and they're willing to kill or you know um, torture in order to get the information but you always have those scenes like lightened a bit you know Um, the highlights of this movie for me was the treatment of Ghost Mm -hmm. because a part of me was like well there's no real clear villain beyond uh, the bad guys who wanted the tech Ghost was a villain out of necessity, and she becomes more desperate over the course of the movie, but I really which, enjoyed the which, treatment of that which, character. Which is interesting, you know. Um, I mean, Ghost in the comics has been a character around a long time, and is sort of this hacktivist of sorts, right? Yeah. You know, um, just kind You're of... a tech thief. Yeah, but tech thief, but also always looking to be an anarchist and take it down, which mm-hmm. is sort of it's a weird thing because it's so about tech. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I like the motivations here. I like. I, I thought it worked. I thought it was interesting, and they got Elias Star into it, which was interesting because in the comics, going way, way, way back before I was even alive. That's the person who raised her. That's her father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's her father. Right. But in the comics, Elias Star's Egghead mm-hmm. is Ant Man's. You know, Hank Pym, Ant Man's original bad guy villain, which I mean, comes up very rarely anymore. That's way a back. deep cut, Ian. No, which is why you're on this show. Okay, but I'm saying so that, that, that yeah. that's, that's way back that in the old awesome. Tales to Astonish books, you know. 
you know, the, yeah, you know, the man and the ant hill and all that. I mean, it's Elias Star's egghead is his bad guy. So yeah, you so, so you can you can always you can kind of fill in the cracks yourselves, Geekscapers, on like what caused the rift between them that they're talking about when they go to Bill Foster's office, right? You know, and then and then Bill Foster's the other really big thing because you know in the comics, you know what, what they've done with the very first Ant Man movie was okay. You know, in the comics, Scott Lang's the second Ant Man, but you know, even before him, there have been many characters over the years that have used what Hank Pym developed the, the Pym particles in the comics. To do the shrinking, or or and ultimately growing, you know. Initially, it was you know because Hank Pym himself was Ant Man, and then Giant Man, and you know then you know at one point Hawkeye, you know where everyone makes the joke about oh Hawkeye doesn't have any abilities. Well, Hawkeye himself early on, you know, in his Avengers appearances felt the same way, and for a while became Goliath. Mm-hmm. You know, so then um, a scientist, a biochemist, you know, like Hank, you know, that he'd worked with Bill Foster with someone that for a while was Black Goliath. Goliath too. They didn't call him Black Goliath, did yeah. they? I think for a bit they did. Fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. There was there was a lot of that back then, man. In the seventies, there was a lot of that. You're back Black then. Goliath because you're pretty, pretty sure it was. Yeah. How do you tell the difference between the two Black Goliaths? Yeah. That one's a Black Goliath. Or just Goliath too, or you know, it was just yeah, it was a lot of that's messed up. A lot, lot of messed up stuff back then. And like the main thing that I remember with Bill Foster recently was his tragic death in so the original Civil War. Where right. I was like, holy shit. Right. Um. So. I thought they treated Bill Foster with that same sort of ambiguity of, is he a good guy, is he a bad guy? No, he's a three-dimensional character yeah. who is fed by necessity, like Ghost is. And that made it a much more interesting uh, story than um, somebody like uh, Corey Stoll's character from Ant-Man 1 mm-hmm. simply wanting this thing out of vengeance and greed. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I love the first Ant-Man. But, I do too. But, you know... The yellow jacket got a little over the top, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he became a bit maniacal. And yeah, I, 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 if there's a flaw in that movie, that would be it, I'd say. Yeah, and now we've got this sequel where the villains are a bit more shaded. Uh, if they're villains at all, you know what I mean? Um, the Walton Goggins character and his troop are like the ones that are the closest to being actual villains. And they're clearly villains, but even they are played for laughs sometimes. Um I liked the lightheartedness of this, and I think a lot of us went into the movie being like, wait, is there a place for this movie post-Infinity War? And I think the movie resoundingly proves yes. Mm-hmm. Your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Look, one of the things they did very well, and you know, we had talked about this a bunch going into it, um, I, I always like to go back to, what after the first Avengers, what we thought it was going to be. You know, I think, you know, as comic book fans, we just assumed that the movies would very much, each movie, you know, maybe you see Thanos pop up, or it would very much be Thanos collecting the stones in the, in the subsequent movies. And it took a movie or two, I know, at least for me, to realize, no, what Marvel's done is very smart, is they realized you can't tie every single franchise into the whole arcing thing. I mean, you can, but you have to do it in a more subtle way. So you do it in the tags, you know, which is from the get-go, yeah. is, you know, from the very first Iron Man, you know, the Avengers Initiative. You know, because by sticking in the tags, and I got to tell you, it still shocks me every time I go to these Marvel movies. And I go, as you know, I go to the first show on preview night, and people leave when the credits come on. Yeah. I mean, pardon me, it's they a did fucking it, they Marvel did it, movie. They did it every time, night. Every time they leave. Or, you know, or maybe some people stay and they see the first tag and they don't wait till the end for the second tag. And I literally sit there and go like, what? 
do these people not get them? I mean, you're actually coming. It's bad enough to me to the fact that anyone leaves, but especially a Marvel movie right. at this point, and you're there on preview night. How do you not know, right? But but here's the interesting thing: for the most part, the tags tie into the biggest story, and don't they? I think they tend to add something to the original movie, but you don't have to feel like you didn't, you know, you didn't get the whole movie, right? Um, so going into this. I had said, knowing that the timing of coming on after Infinity War, I actually said at this point, I said, no. I said, there's no way there's a tie-in until after the credits. Yes. You know, and I said that because I felt like they, they really can't because you don't want to make this movie and people watching this movie, you know, to be something that people don't understand. And they get bummed the fuck out. Right. Well, not just bummed out, but they just don't understand this movie without having seen Infinity War. Right. I mean, yes, a whole lot more people saw that, but, you know, when you watch Infinity video, whatever it is... Marvel's very smartly done, and it's like, you know, so it's a little bit, it's something extra. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular one and that particular ending, what, what works about it was interesting, while you could argue it would be a bit of a spoiler, but if you see this movie, you see that, you go, well, what happened? You go, well, you better go watch Infinity War to understand what the hell just happened. Because it's know? major. Right. Yeah. But, but you don't, you don't go, either, you know, it's literally like, okay, it, it, it's a mystery, and if you only saw this movie, you might think it's in the next Ant-Man, but you could probably go out and find out somewhere. And it, all, you know? and it also does contribute a bit to the movie you just watched. And you see a little bit of an advancement in Scott's relationship right. with the Pims and, and Janet yeah. and Hope. And they're working on something together. And they're looking to cure Ghost. And they're working as a team now. Right. And right. you're like, great. And then the worst possible scenario happens. Right. And poor Scott gets stuck in the quantum realm. So he's stuck. And, and I think it, it sets him up in an interesting way. I'm, I'll be really interested in seeing what they do with that. In um, Infinity the sequel Dose? to Avengers, yeah, yeah, Inf- Inf- Avengers Four. Just call it Infinity Dose. I mean, okay, <laughs> you know, whatever you uh, want to call it. But um, because I had figured he would at, at least learn about the technology, then he'd be sent on a mission. No, but, he's but in I, the midst of it. I, I think. I think. I and, and my feeling is, I, I think what's going to happen here is that they made the reference to the the, 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 the time thing. I think the, time he, the yeah. ability that time and space work differently in the. I think he's going to get lost, you know. But here's the thing, he he doesn't know what's happened yet. He does so, not know so, that Thanos has so, wiped so out somewhere half in the humanity. It, I think he has to pop in and out, and he has to pop in to find out what's happened, then pop through. Explain again, again what you mean. Well, here's he, the you thing. think he's going to put an enlarging disc on his suit again? So here, back up. Scott doesn't actually know that people have died. No, he doesn't right. know. Yes. So for him to travel on time now without knowing, well, what's the point of that? He's not actually yes. warning anyone of anything. But he could pop... I, I would expect that he's probably going to get dosed with some kind of, you know, coronal energy kind of thing, so he's going to be popping like in Janet, and out. Like Janet has... I mean, Janet clearly couldn't have left on her own, but... Well, she has quantum energy, so that's the right. question, is, is it going to be some kind of coronal thing that makes him, you know, like, be imbued so he can't stay in the same place very long? Right. You know, but he's popping in and out. But he needs to find out what's happened so that then when he's then later in the past, which we've seen set photos, we know he's going to interact in the old movies. Right. right. I mean, clearly he's going to be back in the world. They're going to Forrest Gump America. some Scott. They're going to Forrest yeah, Gump Scott in exactly. the older Marvel Well, but movies. I don't know if it's... I, I think it might be more than Forrest Gump. I yeah, think they're going to shot, yeah. yeah, shot more stuff. They're yeah. going to have to in order to change plot points. Exactly. Um, one thing that I thought of after we had our Infinity War thing, and this is just a bit of an aside, is... How great an opportunity would it be to when Scott's time jumping 
to hint at Kang the Conqueror being the next major villain for I, the Avengers. I, I would love that. That would be awesome. <laughs> you see a young Kang, a, a pre-Kang, an Egyptian Kang, or you just well, see something where it's like well, Kang's already well, out there. Well, here's the thing is I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if Kang, if there's any issues with the Fox stuff, which will seemingly won't be an issue anymore. But Kang being a Fantastic Four villain purely? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Rama Tut and all that. Yeah, he's always been, I mean, he's been a Avengers villain solidly for the last 20 years. He has, yes. Yeah. And I suspect it might be something they share, but because of the original Rama Tut appearance is a Fantastic Four appearance. Yeah, I know. You know, and then ultimately and they've said that he may or may not be a descendant of Doctor Doom and, you know, so... Yeah, but he's de- definitely primarily a, an Avengers villain, no question there. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Um, it, you know, and it, clearly the Russo brothers know how not to crowd a movie that would seem otherwise really crowded. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Okay, so this movie, and what is there to talk about other than that we both enjoyed it? I don't know. Too, I don't have too many criticisms of it. I mean, it's exactly what we signed up for. It's yeah, incredibly I mean, you, you, consistent you, with the first one. Yeah, you have you have a lot of good, interesting stuff in there. I mean, you know, from from the get go, um, I thought it's interesting seeing um, Wasp and you know, kind of doing the whole black market for parts. You know, to, to complete the mission. That's how we get introduced to Ghost coming in there. Um, it's a little unclear to me how and why Ghost just shows up there. I think it's the idea was that, oh, she's watching them. She'd been watching them for you know? a year. And, She'd and, been watching and, them and, for and, a long time. And, and so remind me of this. So, because it, it, it got on her and Bill Foster's radar once they started working on it again. Right. Right? So, therefore, that, that made them. In the scene, start when, it, when, the scene where in which they zip tie their, their hands behind right. their backs, they explain that uh, to cure Ghost, they had started to monitor Hank Pym. Right. Because they knew that there was, he was building the lab, and they need the lab to cure. Well, they need the quantum bridge. They need the quantum bridge. That's what I meant by the lab. Yeah, right. the, the lab being the rolling building. <laughs> that is a fun part of this movie, is right. just how much size tricks they did. Well, that's the other thing that I love about this movie. And when, when you start seeing you know, Hank with, like, you know, he pulls out, like, like the little the matchbox, you know, mm. set, and they're, they're real cars. And, you know, because that, that's something... You got one of them right here on your desk. I do, I do. That's something that... Um, you know, Hank Pym did over the years. You know, I always love that, this idea that, yeah, you know, he can just pull anything out of his pocket, you know, and it's a car, it's a truck, you know, it's a full lab. I mean, you know, because this is what he does, you know, yeah. is, I, I, I love that stuff. And they have a lot of fun in this movie playing with that. Hope, you know, in a car chase, there's some really great moments of her popping up Luis and down. in a car chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... One of my favorite, dude. dude when, when she when she pops under and then pops up again underneath the, the car and, and causes it to go. It, yeah. Crazy. yeah, that's awesome. There's some. I like when she's just shrinking the bikes out from under these motorcycle. Yeah, that was fun. Baddies chasing them. Uh, probably the best scene of size gone wrong though is when they go to the elementary school to get back the trophy. Yeah, and Scott's. That's funny. Scott's size thing is. It's Scott's suit is malfunctioning. And he gets stuck somewhere between a full-grown human and a child, or something. It was really it, weird. It, 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 it's very funny. And he has to sneak into a uh, a hoodie from the Lost and Found, uh, and he's having trouble with the steps, and he's having trouble jumping up and getting something off a shelf. And Hope is totally. I mean, that's the first scene where Hope and Scott start to get along again, mm-hmm. and put aside the fact that Scott did put them in this situation by stealing the suit and going to Germany to fight with Captain America. 
Um, so this is a really great and I think important bridge movie. Um, what's, what's great about that too is you know I feel like they didn't really get into it that much. I mean, there was a moment where I thought they'd go there because it's sort of like yeah he did that, but clearly Hope and Hank would have been on Capside. Mm-hmm. Clearly, and I think ultimately for but Hope you, it's really a question. But like yeah, you didn't bring me with you. Yeah, and Hope brings it up and she says you didn't ask, and you know what, you wouldn't have gotten caught had That's you, right. had you asked I'd me. been there. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, so this movie, as much as people were thinking, how can you make a movie like this and release a movie like this after the ma- like major, like universe shifting events in Infinity War? I think this movie again is like a really great glue film, if for uh, something like Civil War, which the the fallout from Civil War, Cap being on the run, never really got addressed again. And in and in, in, in you see it a bit in the scene where they get together with uh, and, and they they see Rhodey again in. Um, in help me out here, uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Um, you see a bit of the government being like, "Oh, those people are outlaws," but there doesn't seem to be a lot of fallout from Cap changing size in Infinity in in Civil War. He never got another solo movie where he's on the road or no well, But no, I'm saying you we, just we, get we, some we, of it we, in Civil. In, in, well, we in, get that in Infinity War. You yeah. just get a little bit well, of it in Infinity that's, War. That's the first time. That's the, that's the right. first opportunity. Right. But it's very clear that they've been on the run. And now here, and their lives, and you know, and he's basically—I mean, he's unofficially a nomad, right? You and, know, and here you've got the most fallout from Civil War right. is almost the entirety of the of the setup for this movie. Yeah, he's literally two years. He's been under house arrest, like he's really paid for it. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the idea. There is just that. Yeah, well, he's he went in, you know, fine. He was caught, and you know, made the decision to go along to be able to see his daughter, um, and. Cap's on the run, you know. I mean, there's, there's the moment in Infinity War was telling Rhodey to arrest them. They're like, yeah, that's not going to happen, you know, because oh yeah, I can arrest them or they could help save the world, you right. know, or maybe even the universe or the galaxy. Excuse yeah. me, whatever. And nobody really looks know? to Scott for that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody really knocked not, on Scott's door in this movie and was like, hey. not that there was an opportunity, <laughs> right? But, you know. Right. Scott didn't really get recruited into fighting Thanos. Yeah. I mean, I have yet. to say, because they didn't say, but literally as soon as they said, oh, it's, you know, the movie opens in three days, and I'm like, all right, well, at what point are we going to hit that? Now, it's not actually are clear. Are we going to hit yeah. Thanos yeah. snapping yeah. his fingers? It's not actually clear at the ending was that, you know, at this no. point, it's certainly after. It could, could be weeks, weeks, it could after. be months. Could be, yeah. yeah. No, I understood that. I totally understood that. Um, that being said, it didn't seem like it was that long. No, I think it's more or less you know, soon after. Yeah. Um, the giant ant playing the drums is the other. The giant ant's great. Well, 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 but I, all the TVs are off. It's clearly after Thanos has snapped his fingers. Right, right. And we're left with a giant ant playing the drums. Um, you know, and the emergency uh, broadcast. That is system. another. That's another glimpse at the state of emergency the right. world is in yeah. post Thanos. And you know what? It just doesn't affect everyone equally. Yeah, no, there's some great stuff in there. What else is worth mentioning? Um, well, so, you know, th- th- there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. You know, th- th- what they do really well is they throw a lot of characters in. Um, Sonny Birch was a, is an arms dealer, you know, from the Marvel Universe for a long time. That's Walton Goggins' character? Yeah, it's Walton Goggins' character. Um, I mean, different affectations and all that, but it's fun they do that. Um, the other one that I have mixed feelings about how they handled, I thought, I thought the character was great, just as a fan, is Jimmy Woo. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jimmy Woo's been around a long time. The he was agent a Shield of, agent, yeah. then became an agent of Atlas. 
And he's the you agent know? that's in charge of making yeah, sure that yeah. Scott doesn't and, break and his I parole. Just thought that they, they made him you know, very comic relief, whereas in the comics, he's a very serious, great agent mm-hmm. character, you know? The actor so. playing Jimmy Woo. It, Randall, Park Randall Park from Fresh so, Off the Boat. So damn funny. He's so good. Yeah, he's and hysterical. You watch him and um, you watch him and Paul Rudd just work together, and you I mean, just he, even and there's so much stuff. But even at the end, is when Scott's joking with him like about getting dinner, and he's like, "What did you, did you want to?" Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it's so funny. Or even the, even the little things about oh the magic tricks, and then he's literally you see him trying the magic tricks. Like it's, nothing seemed to have gone to waste. Nothing no, seems to have gone no. to waste in this There's movie. Nothing's like, throw away. You're, you're right. You it's a really tight script. script. I loved the script on this one. Yeah. Um, we don't always get that with these big superhero movies, yeah. and this one just feels like it's. A, I mean, that's just fantastic writing. Um, I did not have any complaints, Ian. Like I said, like less than twenty, like less than like a day later, I went and saw the movie again. Yeah. You know, and I rarely do that. I didn't even do it for Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I intended to. Um, and I just liked sitting in the theater again and experiencing it all over again. I can see that. I did it with Infinity War. I would have liked to have done it again, and I still will with Incredibles too. I did but, it with Infinity War. I did it with Black Panther, mostly because I did it, you know, with the with my fiance and, and the kid. Yes. Um, the first screenings for the nerds. The second screenings yeah. for the herd. Yeah, I get it. I, I've been asked. You know, there was a meme going around, around Infinity were coming out. Something along the lines of like, oh, you know, not asking questions of that, and and someone said, to wait, me, what do you mean? The whole, you know, going with a significant other, and they're going to ask you a lot of questions in the movie, and how do you deal with that? Kind oh, of right, thing. right, right. And I was like, it's very simple. I see it with her the second time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No risk. Yeah. Wait, what? Do you, what's the risk? That she's going to get interrupted you? a lot in the middle of the movie. Well, the second time around, did she ask you a bunch of questions about what was happening? We, we got through okay, but I'm just saying I don't, yeah. I don't risk it by, you know. The ultimate so. solution, yeah, be with a geek. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. Uh, it was good to see Adrian again. Yeah. No, we, we had a good group. Okay, so takeaways from this movie going forward towards a 90s era Miss Marvel. Cannot Captain Marvel. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I, I, you know, I have. I wonder on what level they, will they name check, or are they gonna, you know, the rumors are that they throw in a lot of the different outfits somehow. Oh, really? The green that, outfit, that, this and that. Well, we've we, seen we, the we've green seen outfit, the, We know yeah. they're gonna do the green outfit. They're, right. they're definitely gonna end up with the with the you know cla- the golden blue the, the modern outfit. Yeah. You know, but will we get the Ms. Marvel outfit? And I right. bet they, they find a way to throw it in somehow. Okay. Um, the, the, the big sash, the, the thigh high boots. We, we're going to get Agent Coulson back. Yes. We're all going to get uh, a two eyed Nick Fury back. Two eyed Nick Fury. We're getting um, Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. Do we we're, get Hank we're Pym. getting Ronan. We're getting Ronan, Ronan the Accuser and from Korath. Yeah. Korath, we've not met yet. Yes, we have. Where, which one? Jaiman Hansu. Oh, that was Korath. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Looking fairly different than he does in his Kree outfit yes. in the comic. Um, so we've got Korath, we've got Ronan back. Uh, any chance that we'll see the earlier S.H.I.E.L.D. iteration of, like, Hank? Uh, I mean... It's a big cast. I, a lot to I, ask. I, I don't... There's no need to do right. Hank, you know, even though you have everyone else. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That I, 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 don't, I, don't, I haven't heard this one way or the other, but we might get Howard Stark. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised to... I wouldn't. It's the '90s. You don't need Michael Douglas in it. 
It's the nineties. Right, that's the thing is he's probably already done with them by the time. Howard Stark's probably gone. Yeah. Uh, could we see Bill Foster? Who was still working with Shield at the time? I, I, I would be surprised if we get Bill Foster in that. Okay. Um, but listen, the, the big deal to me is we're getting Marvel. Yes. So You're getting a Cree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my hope is that that is where she gets the name, that he's a big enough part of the movie and that it, it is straight-up tribute to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Okay, yeah. yeah. Which form of Marvel are we going to get? Because remember like that, that really cool Grant Morrison version that came out with the Max line? Was it Grant? No, it wasn't Grant Morrison. It was Warren Ellis. Who did the, the Marvel Boy? Oh, well, Marvel Boy, yeah. yeah. That, that's not Marvel. Okay. Marvel Boy is Novar. No. That's Novar. Stop yeah. it with this. So the Marvel, the Novar, no. you understand how a layman like me gets confused. I, I do, I do. But no, <laughs> M- Marvel was, I mean, the, the, I say original for the sake of Marvel, Captain yeah. Marvel, you yeah. know, and he's an alien who, you know, because in the comics and apparently in the movie as well, there's both pink-skinned and blue-skinned Cree. Mm. And he was an infiltrator. And Carol Danvers, you know, worked at NASA. And, you know, basically Marvel fell in love more or less with the human race and turned on, you know, on his evil, Masters, yeah. you know, you know the, 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 his um, members of his race that had ill intent for humanity and became humanity's protector. Um, Ms. Marvel's original origin is that, you know, she got stuck with a device called the psychomagnetron that basically... Excuse me. Basically, spliced her DNA with Marvels, mm-hmm. and that's where her powers came from. It, it unlocked all kinds of potential. Um, so, hopefully, you know, my concern when I initially heard I was doing a Captain Marvel movie and it's her and not him. You know, I, I mean, I, I get I'm so bothered by the idea of not doing Marvel, but the the reality is is that here we are. You know, and I, it's funny I had a similar conversation to this in regards to music recently. But the truth is, is it seems like a big deal. Marvel's been gone a long time. Marvel, as a character, died in the comics yeah. back in 1982. And I think he was created in like 67 or 69, something like that. Like, he actually wasn't around that long relative to how many years it's been now since, right? Yeah. You know, and Carol was around since his first appearance and became Ms. Marvel uh, in the 70s, in the mid-70s. So, you know, um, interestingly, and I, I, I'll never forget, I remember... Um, very well the point where the, the conversation between Captain America and Carol because there were a couple of other characters called Captain Marvel because Marvel had to keep the uh, you know they, they, have to keep, they have to keep the trademark going because they have to put out a book so they don't always have others but it was basically a you know that hadn't been for a little while and Cap said you know it was Carol always said you hadn't taken the name and you know it was a respect thing and you know because she felt very strongly about it it was like isn't it time you know um, and my point being that I think I have to look at this closely. Carol's probably been Captain Marvel now about as long as Marvel was around, if not more. If you maybe just longer, me, you give me maybe since longer. 1966 to 82. That's not the 30 years. It's well, no, but but she hasn't been Captain right. Marvel that long. She I was, hear you. Remember, she was Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and she was gotcha. binary for yeah, a binary. long time. Yeah. right. Um, After she binary, gave, she, she went back Rogue to Ms. Powers. And when she was Ms. Marvel, didn't give them to her. But, I know, you know, but she but, fought with Rogue and gave her the, some of the flying right. powers. Um, Fight and strength and memory. Will we see the supreme intelligence? I hope so. How fucking weird will that be? Yeah, I hope see so. the giant glowy green face. I think we're basically getting this crease scroll war. So the thing that's really missing the that Avengers. would make me so mm, <laughs> bigger than that. 
Think about it. Rick Jones? Rick Jones. <laughs> Rick Jones is who's been missing from all of these movies. Yeah, he's not in the Hulk movies. Yeah, but when you look at the Hulk movies, there's nothing about them that, that says that Rick Jones doesn't exist. Right. You know? But yeah, we're not getting we Rick Jones. We just yeah. haven't gotten Rick Jones yet. Yeah. I would make me so happy. Yeah. And I don't know if we have a character who could stand in for Rick Jones with the, from the current Marvel Just do Rick universe. Jones. Yeah. Don't get mad. Why not? Okay, I hear you. I do hear it. You. Um, okay, so that's Captain Marvel, and we're going to be talking about that again. We'll get there, in the, yeah. Yeah, in the spring. But, but, but anyway, the reason we're going off on the tangent is um, because it's what we're looking forward to, you know? We, we, I, I thought that this movie was a nice, I, I don't know if I would call it a breath of fresh air, but it really is kind of interesting after Infinity War, you're like, where do we go from here, you know? Um, and then you, even Captain Marvel, it's going to be full-on flashback, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm guessing there's some kind of bookend to bring it back to modern day prior to the Avengers. Well, I mean, look, let's recognize that he's using a pager. It's a And it's modern day. So were we supposed to think the page? I mean, I took the pager, but it was anachronistic, right? It's not that he's contacting her in space. No. It's that... The it's page that, is probably not compromised, but whatever the modern technology is. I didn't think about the compromise. I think the idea there is that he has this thing. He's had it since the 90s. For sure. For sure. You know? Yeah. It's a pager. Yeah, for sure. That's what he had the contact her with, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you so, know. So where has she been? That's what we're going to get into. Where has she been? What's she doing? Mm-hmm. You know, is it that she doesn't age because of her powers, or is it that she's been in space and you come right. back, you know, and... I mean, it's obviously one of those things they don't really deal with, you know, faster than light speed, you know, time, you know, sure. refracture or anything like she that. could be but, the quantum realm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's the other thing. I mean, you know, in talking about Ant-Man, um, you know, we only touched upon this, but, you know, there's been some speculation even before this that the quantum realm and maybe Doctor Strange, you know, had hinted at notions of the quantum realm. He was realm, in it. You know? You saw the quantum realm in right, Doctor right. Strange. Yeah. So, you know... Um, there's a lot of things that this can really tie into, you know. Obviously, we, we well, at least we, we, our interpretation is that it's going to tie into time travel, you know, and how Scott's going to go back, you know, and kind of deal with the Avengers at least somewhat in Infinity War. Uh, the Infinity War sequel, I should say, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, whether we get some more Doctor Strange stuff that way, not clear yet. Um, you know, by the way, even thinking about the quantum realm, you know, Captain Marvel, you know, there's the Negabands, you know, there's Quasar, and that, those quantum abilities, you know? There's a lot of places you tie in a lot of things. Right. You know? So, um, the Negabands are, are, are power bands that Captain Marvel Marvel had had for a long time and ultimately went to Wendell Vaughn and Quasar. Right. So. And they're tied into the quantum power. They're, they're, they're tied into the quantum realm? Well... It's quantum power. I mean, they didn't make a thing of quantum realm per se in, in the comics right. before. So I, I'm just clearly saying that said this is something that can easily tie that stuff together. Sure. Yeah, I could see that being introduced yeah. in Captain Marvel and then being like used somehow to yeah bring Scott back in some way. Um, and we're and still, then, and and then, then of course there's Hawkeye floating around right somewhere. and well also there's you know I think there's a lot more potential to you know what are these quantum abilities that Janet Van Dyne now has mm-hmm. you know what she what doesn't have shit going? now she's dead well yeah or maybe you know <laughs> but um, I mean because you don't have there isn't a sense that she didn't use it up on right. Ghost right? right on curing her right it seemed to be inherently part of her now right 
Um, we'll see, and I really wish there was another Marvel movie before next spring. So it's a long time to go. It's a long time to wait, but man, it's going to feel good when we watch Captain Marvel. We only have to wait like two or three months for Avengers yeah, yeah. 4. Well, we got really spoiled. We I mean, did we've really been spoiled. going two and a half months between movies. <laughs> yeah, we got super spoiled, but we have Aquaman to look forward to. It might not talk. It might be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, what's the next big thing? Is there a Marvel Netflix that's coming out next in the fall? Or are we gonna Iron do- Fist. Iron Fist is before Daredevil? I'm pretty sure Iron Fist is next. Iron Fist Season 2 is next before Daredevil Season 3. And they've, they're shooting Punisher Season 2 now. Shooting that, and I think they're just starting to shoot Jessica Jones Season 3 with her directing some. Mm-hmm. Um, did they start shooting Daredevil Season 3 yet? I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. But, uh, no, I'm, I know I'm fairly certain Ant Man is. I mean, Iron Fist season two is next. Well, let's see. Let's 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 get that groove back. Yeah. You know. Um, all right, Geekscapists. If you want us to hear us talk about the Netflix series, uh, Ian and I recently, last as of the last week, did an Iron uh, did a Luke Cage season two uh, special. So if you guys are into these specials and you want to hear Ian and I's thoughts about Luke Cage season two, in which we also talk about the rest of the Defenders and Netflix Marvel universe. Uh, that's up on the feed right before this episode. Um, I don't know how much else we have to say about Ant-Man and the Wasp other than we really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's uh, a Ian, fun movie. Ian even thought that song. he was going to get into a place where we doubted whether or not he liked it, but I think Ian was at a loss for bad things to say about the movie. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of bad things to say. About <laughs> you don't think you had any. Um, all right, we're going to continue to make ours Marvel. Uh, Geekscape us. We're at geekscape.net. or on Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. You can find Ian on Twitter at Ian L. Kerner. He also is a mainstay at the Geekscape Forever group on Facebook, so come hang out, talk to him. Um, and, of course, we're going to be at booth 3919 uh, at Comic-Con, so come by and say hi, have Ian autograph your stuff. And we got tons of stuff going on that are, is currently driving me nuts. But we're going to get it all contained, all under control, and we're going to have a blast next week. So come by and say hi uh, if you're at San Diego. All right? Uh, over and out, I think, Ian. All right. I'm going to shrink down. I'm going to get in that little matchbox car and I'm going to drive away. <laughs> all right? I'd like to see it.